0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen And today we are wrapping up the year 2023. And I wanna help prepare you for 2024 and how you can introduce Ayurveda into your lifestyle in the new year. So this episode, I would love to kind of to give a caveat. I wanna make these practices simple for people who are householders, for people who are busy moms, who have full-time jobs, who feel like they have no time for themselves, because I really aim to help the majority of people. And that's where I think the majority of us fall is, you know, we have a lot going on and adding one more thing to the to-do list can just seem not fulfilling. It can seem overwhelming and it can get dropped. And so I would love to introduce easy ways to incorporate Ayurveda. And by easy, it means you might have to have a little planning. You might have to have a little bit of um, commitment to maybe doing things differently, because if we keep doing the same things, we're going to get the same results. Like that's something that I am pretty passionate about. You know, I was just telling this with a client who had asked, can I keep doing, you know, workouts with my lighter weights? And I'm like, well, you're going to get the same results. If you want to have different results, you have to start increasing the weights. Um, I could also start to make you do three sets instead of two sets. These are just little ways that we are shifting into that next phase of us in terms of like exercise. The same thing can be done with Ayurveda. There's different ways that we can shift into new dimensions and new layers. So if I'm going to have people start and are brand new to Ayurveda, maybe the first thing that I'm going to have you do is just to start to know know about the doshas. Um, know what your primary dosha is, your prakriti, and as well as your vikriti. What's the dosha that you tend to go out in? What's the dosha that you might have to really um, pay attention to because it goes out of balance quite a bit. And then once you kind of know a little bit more about the dosha, start to introduce the other two doshas. I'm a big, big fan of knowing something about all three doshas, vata, pitta, kapha, no matter your dosha, no matter your majority um, I guess majority dosha. And I think what I'm going to do in the new year, this is just kind of dawning on me because I haven't done this in a while. And I do have some newer people listening to the podcast. I'm going to break down what does Vata Pitta Kapha mean? So I think, you know, look forward to that for some solo episodes in January. Let's start with the simple, let's start with the basics. If I was going to teach someone about each of these doshas, what would I teach them? So I'm going to start there. Um, If you're new to the podcast and you want to dive into that, or maybe you've been practicing Ayurveda for a while and you want to go deeper with your own dosha, um, I'm going to have that those episodes really hit the hit home with you. So that would be the first thing I would suggest. Maybe you take an online quiz. I have one on my homepage of my website. If you want to know um, where to go, Uh, you can also see an Ayurvedic practitioner. They can take your pulse and kind of give you an idea as well of what your dosha is. But that would be square one. Next, let's talk about nutrition because I think that's kind of where the next piece falls for a lot of people. Um, I'm not a big fan of just following eating for your dosha because it can be really tricky. It can be really hard. And what if you have an imbalance going on? And let's say you're a pitta, but you have a vata imbalance going on and you're eating a pitta diet that might be aggravating your imbalance. So when I'm talking about eating in Ayurvedic way, I'm talking about early, lighter dinners, eating seasonally, Um, making sure you chew your food 30 times, having primarily a diet rich in fresh, whole foods versus more processed foods. Those are ways that I would start versus saying, oh, now I'm a pitta dosha. I need to follow all the pitta in quotation rules because that's where a lot of people get stuck back into a diet culture and it doesn't feel great. That can also be one where when we have the eat for our dosha, we put blinders on and we don't see that we have all three doshas within us. And that maybe, you know, in those winter months doing a heavy dosha, you know, following of let's, let's say the summer months, because it's easier to kind of process. If you're a pitta and you're eating a very heavy pitta diet in the summer or a vata diet, let's say. You're going to potentially aggravate, you know, your imbalances. You're going to potentially aggravate the pitta because spicy, hot foods might not be great for you if you're having heartburn, if you're having um, intense anger, if you're having some gut issues that are like quick, fast, hot stools that are coming out. Those are going to be problems that are related to the pitta. So again, that's why I'm not a big fan of just doing a blanket eat for your dosha because I think there are some. Some things that can come up there that aren't going to be great. They're going to be a little bit of red flags. So the next thing though, kind of slides into this. My next piece would be eating mindfully. So just as I had said, chewing your food 30 times. So in Ayurveda, they always say to try to chew your, your solid foods to liquids and then try to have your liquids as solids, which I have never quite personally grappled. I grapple with that one. I don't quite know how that works. Maybe just slow down. So you're not gulping would be my guess there but that is something that you might wanna start doing. You wanna to try to eat mindfully, meaning no TV. Um, in Ayurveda, technically, they don't want you even to talk at the dinner table and they want you to have bamboo um, plates and silverware so it doesn't make clinking noises. Again, I told you I was gonna do this from my, my mom perspective, a householder perspective, that's not going to happen. Like that might be the time where you have your family time and you want to talk. You want to get to hear your kid's day at school. You want to talk to your spouse. So personally, that's something that I don't usually follow if I'm having family dinner. I love to chat with my family and see how their days went. Um, I, we do a rose thorn and what are you grateful for? And then my, my seven-year-old also has thrown in what's your what are you onful for, which is just kind of a free-for-all you can just say anything about your day, which is kind of fun as well. So that's what we like to do at our dinner table. And so I would personally rather do that than have a silent, quiet dinner, um, because I am having joy there. I am, I'm able to digest my food because it's not something that's stressing me out. Uh, I try personally not to eat in front of the TV as well as my phone. So I would say breakfast is the hardest of like, sometimes I'm like, Hey, let me look at you know my work emails um, but really trying to leave my phone in you know another room so I can just focus on eating my breakfast. I know that's something that I'm going to work on this coming year. Next up, um, a lot of times people talk about Ayurvedic herbs. So here again is my caveat. Always talk to an Ayurvedic practitioner or, um, get an idea of what you should be taking. So I always like to share a story about my friend who was going to take ashwagandha. And I said, why are you taking it? And she, cause she had asked me, what do you think? And I'm like, what are you going to take it for? And she's like, well, I don't know. My clean eating magazine said ashwagandha is all the rage and everyone should take it. And I said, okay, uh, that's not a good reason to take it. You know, just because a magazine says it's good, doesn't mean it's good for you. And so in talking with her a little bit further, I discovered for her, shatavari was going to be a better herb. And so she, instead of buying ashwagandha, bought shatavari and took that instead for Again, I was trained in a way that you take herbs for six weeks on, six weeks off. And if you can continue that cycle, or you can maybe just stop taking the herb if after those six weeks on, six weeks off, you notice whatever you were trying to treat has gotten better. That's the same with triphala. That's also an herb that I was trained not to take um, for an extended period of time because an extended period of time, triphala can actually be really drying. And triphala's purpose is to help usually keep bowel movements going. So that is just a few caveats there. Um, there's also better herbs to take if you were a vata dosha and you're taking triphala, there's, there's better herbs to, um, to do. And so all of these things are stuff that, you know, you could see an Ayurvedic practitioner for and they can make recommendations versus just taking a blanket. Hey, I read this online. Now, if you want to take turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, cardamom, all of those spices that you cook with, go ahead, throw those in your food. Um, have a little bit of a fourth of teaspoon. sprinkle it over your food. Those are going to be great. For me, I just use those herbs intuitively. I listen to my body and I just kind of say, hey, you know what, I'm really feeling like I need to add turmeric to this dish or I need more warming spices because it's the middle of winter. All of those ways are how I use my herbs and how I kind of tap in more intuitively than just I should be taking this because that's the new popular thing. The next area where I would maybe look at, and again, while I'm going through these, I have 10 ideas. Start with one, never start with all 10 of these. You know, if you already have one or two of these down, maybe add on a third. And if you are someone who practices Ayurveda regularly, you probably have all 10 of these going in some capacity. So just kind of be really keep that in. So don't think that you have to do all of these, especially if you're a Pitta, please don't incorporate all 10 of these on January 1st, it's not going to go well. Um, we want to just slowly, in, you know, increase our capacity to add in new habits. So our Dinacharya or our daily routine is something that I would highly recommend for everyone to do. Like if I was actually going to start with one after, you know, the doshas, if you're brand new start there, but then after that really start to do this dinacharya. what does your daily rhythm look like? Um, for myself waking up, at six is ideal. I'm going to say ideals because right now my son is, um, 10 months old and still waking up two to three to five times a night sometimes. So we're struggling on having this strong daily routine, but this is what I'm working to get back to. (laughs) So waking up with the sun. And then for me, tongue scraping is usually the first thing that I do. You know, I brush my teeth, I get ready. Ideally, then I would come down to my office and I would have a meditation, practice. I would also do some yoga asana. Um, and then I would probably do some Pranayama probably not quite in that order, but I'd flip around the order just a smidgen. So those would be some of the morning routines that I would have, you know, and then I, I primarily, I would have my breakfast. I would have my work hours. Um, I usually probably would have thrown a workout on workout days before all of that as well. And then, um, I'm going to have some, some family time. I try to go for a walk usually in the afternoons and then get ready for dinner. And um, really my evening routine is kind of like getting my kiddos ready to eat, uh, put my son down for bed. I have a little me time, whether that be a bath, whether it be recording a podcast, like I'm doing right now. Um, I also do abhanyanga and I do like a casserole pack a few times a week. So those are some like little self cares that I've thrown into my day. And I'm in bed by 10 o'clock most nights, um, as well as reading, because I, I love to read. I'm a reader, so I throw that in there at night, most nights as well. So that's kind of a little like, hey, that's my Dinacharya, That's my daily routine. And in Ayurveda, we like things to be done at approximately the same time each day, because that helps keep the Vata Dosha grounded and balanced. Another area that you could start with, yoga and exercise. So Regular physical activity is vital in most studies, whether they be from the West or from the East. And so yoga is recommended in Ayurveda, you know, doing some sun salutes in the morning. um, And then maybe some, you know, definitely going on for a walk outside is recommended. Weightlifting is recommended. I have teachers now who are from India who are trained classically, um, have started to incorporate like, yes, we definitely need to add in strength training. Whether that be body weight or whether whether that be with weights, that is something that um, is starting to catch on. And I'm super excited about my personal training side of me says, yes, I know personally the benefits of that and um, not doing that for myself. I don't feel I, I that's part of like who I am since I've been doing it since I was 16. So for me, it's a strong part of my, my lifestyle. And so I had guilt over that a few years ago when I was like, wow, I don't know, Ayurveda doesn't have talk a ton about weightlifting, but now teachers are starting to say, you know what? We really need to make sure we do this, especially as women, especially as we age, we start to lose muscle mass very quickly. And, um, it just is so beneficial to have that strength training. So again, two to four times a week, like I personally will do four times a week of strength training. So whatever works best for you there. Next up, a mind-body connection piece would be something I would add in for 2024. That might be meditation. That could be going to yin yoga or a restorative yoga class. It could be practicing mana, intentional stillness or silence. It could even just be shutting off the radio in your car as you come home from dropping your kid off at school or their sports practice or sitting in the car in, you know, after work before you come into the house. So where can you add in kind of that mind-body connection piece that is so vital for helping reduce stress and promoting emotional well-being? Definitely look into um, having that added into your your lifestyle. Another area, tip number eight, adequate sleep. I mean, sleep is so essential. And I will say this from someone who, uh, my sleep is not great right now with with my 10-month-old who just is not a sleeper. Um, Having a nice calming bedtime routine. Getting a full eight hours of rest is amazing. (laughs) Um, Reducing stimulating activities before bed, creating a comfortable sleep environment. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. All of those things are really key. And then getting to bed by 10 is ideal in Ayurveda because after 10, that Pitta time of day happens and we get our second wind. And how many times have we said, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And then 10 o'clock happens or 1030 happens. And all of a sudden we have a second wind. And we have that Pitta energy. And typically that's your go, go, go to do energy. So we want to make sure we get to bed before that kicks in. And then after that, trying to get up again around six o'clock or around the sunrise um, is recommended according to Ayurveda. Cause again, that transitions into the Kapha time of day. And if we oversleep past 6am, then that Kapha starts to really feel sluggish in our body and starts to slow us down. So we want to get moving and start our day before that Kapha really settles in. All right, this next one is called uh detoxification. Now, love-hate relationship here. Um, I personally love a good detox, but not necessarily in the term of like an Ayurvedic cleanse or pancha karma for everyone, because it is not ideal for everyone. If you are so for myself breastfeeding right now, not ideal. Um, if you are really depleted in Vata Dosha, panchakarma might be very harsh on the body, also not ideal. So you really have to be kind of in that um, right sense to do a panchakarma. Panchakarmas are typically done at centers. So it's something that you're not necessarily going to do a full panchakarma at home. Um, and an Ayurvedic cleanse. Uh, you, From what I'm reading in text, again, if you have a vata dosha imbalance, you're probably not going to do a cleanse. It's going to actually deplete you more. So there are definite caveats if you're going to go that route. What would I recommend instead? Castor oil packs. Like that is my starter. For so many people doing a weekly castor oil pack, um, except for on the time that you're bleeding, if you still have a menstrual cycle, don't do it when you're bleeding, but it's a great detoxification for at home. I personally have been doing it now as the holiday season is coming and I know I will be traveling and there's sickness going around doing it. I'm doing it kind of every night leading up to my travel. And then as this is released, I'm actually going to be in Florida, but that's one way that I'm kind of helping my body stay um, ready or try to remove some of the toxins because my son, my little, my little guy has a cold and has dripped snot on me and all over me. And so I'm making sure I'm trying to do that via my casserole packs, as well as, you know, taking a little extra vitamin C and just taking my liquid vitamins, which are full of like nettles and, um, oat straw and all of my yummy raspberry leaf and all of those herbs. So that's personally how I'm dealing with it at the moment. Uh, The next one would be number 10 is your environmental awareness. So connect with mother nature, spend time outside. Uh, Where can you choose maybe more natural or eco-friendly products in your home? Just being mindful of the overall global impact that we have when we purchase things. That is something that um, Ayurveda is tied with you know we we don't want to overuse our resources because we learn from mother nature and so really taking the time to develop a relationship with mother nature in any capacity whether it be going for walks whether it be spending a day you know every month outside on your favorite nature trail um you know if in the winter time going cross country skiing out in nature going skiing snowboarding Just spending some time and quality time in nature. And I have found for myself going to the same spot every week really helps you deepen a relationship. Like I have a strong relationship with my favorite trail and it's because I spend some time there. It's because I love, I love going there. I love talking to her and, um, really have deepened our, our bond in all honesty And I I was telling my son, I'm like, we've been going there since 2018. And so I have many years now um, of, of knowing, knowing this area. And we were just walking on it a few weeks ago and we noticed the trees that were cut down. And this is stuff that if you're not a regular on this trail, you maybe probably wouldn't notice actually, but because we've spent so much time on there and that we've walked her we got to see, oh my goodness, they've taken down a chunk of these trees. Now, most likely they were either going to fall on the trail at some point because they were dangerous or they were they were already dead. But that's something that um, I, I personally love having that relationship. So maybe having for you, maybe it's developing a relationship with a spot in mother nature this year that That is really calling to your heart and learning from her. That's why I love my trail in the winter and I love going cross country skiing on her, which we just have not had snow here in Minnesota. So it's not been something I've done and it's so quiet. It's so peaceful and still. So I personally love that trail just for showing me the medicine. This is the medicine of the season. This is a reminder to add that into my own life. So if that's something that's kind of calling to you, if you're wanting to live more intentionally with the seasons, if you want to live more intentionally with the winter season, and how do you develop a relationship with mother nature through an Ayurvedic lens? How do you develop time for yourself in a busy world? That's what we're exploring in the seasonal living collective. And we start January 15th. And I'm super excited to dive into the winter. I mean, this is one of my favorite times because this is the time of that inward pull. It is the time of just making space to dream, slow down. And I had just read a study and it said, we spend 40 minutes a day, adults do, of feeling truly relaxed. Just 40 minutes is all people ever feel truly relaxed during their day, which is terrifying. It makes sense why we're so burnt out, why we're full of anxiety, why we're overwhelmed, why we are so high in stress. It's because we don't have that time built into our day. And so for me, this is something that I strive to do in the collective of really going in and having these practices that are easy to implement, that are easy to add into. Your lifestyle to help you reduce stress, anxiety, burnout, to help you recognize when you're going through that, to help you intuitively know I need to add turmeric to my meal, or I need to do casserole packs every day this week because I'm feeling the pull of like there is just a sickness in the air. Just trusting that instinct that you might have that we've pushed away, that we've been told is wrong. Because often that's what's been happening is we're told no that's not accurate. The studies don't show that when really this is our grandmother's wisdom. This is generational wisdom. You know, in talking to my grandmother, my grandmother has been practicing Ayurveda for 97 years, but not knowing it's Ayurveda in different senses. Um, and she was, she was Norwegian, but she has a lot of this in her own bones, And, and I, I love it. And in talking to many of my clients who, you know, have spouses that came from India, it's so fascinating and talking to their, to their husbands and, you know, they love to chat with me about Ayurveda and they're like, I didn't know Ayurveda. And then in talking, I'm like, you have been practicing this your whole life, but you're, you, you didn't call it that like your, your mother or your grandmother didn't call it Ayurveda. It was just a way of life. And so for me, that is what the seasonal living collective is doing. It's pulling from these seasonal, from these generational wisdom that we all have or have had at some point, but have been told, no, it's not right when it is. It's accurate. It's there. So if that's something you want to explore, um, it is all about cyclical living and it's an eight week program. And we are going to be doing, you'll have one one one-on-one call with me. We have weekly Zoom yin and restorative yoga classes that are 30 minutes. And that was last session um, in the fall. That was actually people's biggest takeaway is they loved the yin and restorative yoga on Sunday evenings. So I am going to continue that because it was such a fan favorite. Uh, Two full moon ceremonies that we're going to do virtually. And so we're going to do those um one will be in January, one in February. We have bi-weekly Ayurvedic group coaching calls. And so on these coaching calls, again, they're to help hold you accountable to practicing this, to implementing Ayurvedic wisdom, to implementing your grandmother's wisdom into your life. We also have Voxtra support throughout the entire eight weeks. And so it's a, it's kind of a voicemail memo. So if you want to chat with me, you can just hold the button down and send me a message and I can respond back to you in real time. Um, And we have seasonal guides. So of course I have the component of the educational component. You can go into your portal and read through the guides and help you implement this on your own. We are going to be doing a five day chill out and tune in mindfulness challenge. So this is going to be a pop-up challenge that I do within these eight weeks, um, because I'm having such fun with Ayurveda for the holidays, the 30 day or the 31 day challenge that I'm doing here in December. I'm like, I, I need more of this. And I want to add this into the seasonal living collective. So we have a little mindfulness week. So if this is feeling like a poll and you're like, yes, I need more of this. Um, you know, if you join before January 1st, you get not only are you are going to save $111 you're also gonna get a bonus um, full moon ceremony. And so that's gonna be on January 2nd that we're gonna do a bonus moon ceremony. So pricing, if you're if you're listening and you're like, is this even in my budget? Um, it, we have a one payment option of $444 through January 1st. And again, that's gonna go up to 555 January 2nd. Or we have a three monthly payments of $153. So if you wanna do a monthly payment installment Um, I also have just a two monthly option. And so if you want to pay for just two months at a time, that is also there. And that cost would be two monthly payments of 230. So options. I want to give you options. I want to have you in the program. If this is something that you feel in your bones is right for you. You're like, this is the group. These are the people I need to be around. This is the wisdom I've been seeking. So if that's something definitely check out my website check out the show notes it's right on my homepage andraklasson.com um seasonal living collective is where it's at again discounted pricing through that january 1st january 2nd it goes up but you can still join after like just reach out to me if you have questions or like hey can i push back but still get the savings and maybe there you don't get paid until you know january 4th or 5th and you want to push it out totally like i am very flexible My goal is to help as many people incorporate Ayurveda into their lives and in ways that work for you and that don't stress you out um, right after joining a program. And so this is definitely a hands-on, I will be there with you program. It's not one that you're going to join and never get to talk with me or never get to ask your questions. I will be there. It's the best way to, this is honestly the best way to work with me. If you want some um, one-on-one access and you don't want to just do the one-on-one container, and just do a one off session. Like if you want some really good coaching for 8 weeks, this would be this would be the best option I have for you for the for Ayurveda right now. Okay, that's what I have for you. I'm very passionate about it. I love the Seasonal Living Collective. It is my favorite program that I run. So, if you're feeling that joy, um, hop on in there. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Happy New Year and go out there and spread your peaceful power.